Welcome back to the Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 341, chapter 48, A Significant Absence. I went through the admissions lottery and was lucky enough to draw a late slot. I was glad for the extra time, as my trial had left me little opportunity to study for my exams. Still, I wasn't terribly worried. I had time to study and free access to the archives. What's more, for the first time since I'd come to the university, I wasn't a pauper. I had 13 talents in my purse. Even after I paid Debbie the interest on her loan, I would easily have enough for tuition. Best of all, the long hours spent searching for the gram had taught me a great deal about the archives. While I might not know as much as an experienced scriv, I was familiar with many of her hidden corners and quiet secrets. So while I studied, I also allowed myself the freedom to do other reading while I prepared for admissions. I closed the book I'd been poring over, a well-written, comprehensive history of the Aturan Church. It was as useless as all the rest. Willem looked up as my book thumped shut. Nothing? he asked. Less than nothing, I said. The two of us were studying in one of the fourth floor reading holes, much smaller than our customary place on the third floor, but given how close we were to admissions, we'd been lucky to find a private room at all. Why don't you let it go? Will suggested. You've been beating this Amir thing like a dead horse for what, two span? I nodded, not wanting to admit my research into the Amir had actually started long before our bet had taken us to Puppet. And what have you found so far? That's the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick. As often happens after an interlude, we are eased back into the story with some distance before landing right in Quoth's head. It seems to me like Rothfuss has made the choice. Like we've seen Quoth go through admissions several times by now. We know how it works. And I think Rothfuss has decided like there's, there isn't anything else I want to do to make this a dramatic experience. So we're just going to kind of like hand wave over it. We're not going to worry about admissions this time because we've seen him go through it before. And he's got more than enough money for it. Or so we're led to believe. I think what we find out is that uh, his tuition has been driven up so that he'll take some time off in a couple chapters. This gets con- this gets confirmed. But uh, for now, as you say, there's no drama to be wrought out of it. Uh, is this the first time Quoth has referred to the archives as a her? I don't know. When does he do that? Uh, I was familiar with many of her hidden corners and quiet secrets. Hmm. He has endowed it with a character in the same way that a sailor might do a ship. This doesn't seem significant to me, except in the sense that a lot of the time, old it's kind of an old-fashioned thing to do to imbue a place or a, a, a conveyance with personification as as a feminine thing. You might say this about your alma mater, which means like the university you went to, but the literal Latin is like my, like my all mother. Oh, I didn't know that's what that meant. But now that you speak it out, it makes sense. I mean, Alma, I'm actually not sure about, but mater is mother. It's like, you know, my mother's school. Well, I think the significance of this is that he's finally feeling at home in the archives. It's no longer a place that he's striving to reach. He is now sort of accepted that it's it's a part of him or it's it's intrinsic to his experience here and he feels some protective just a little protective of it yeah or i wonder if he feels protected by it yeah perhaps if it was a giant gray stone it also seems like will has a better grasp of idioms since he uses one 
I'm sure it's a learning process. Yeah, well, it's interesting that you point that out because that has been put forth as something Willem is bad at. And as time goes on, his language does seem to improve. And as you say, he does use an idiom very uh, front and center here. So maybe that is intentional. I think so. And if so, good work. That's a good piece of character. He uses the the idiom, but not sort of, he doesn't toss it off. He doesn't say, you've been beating this a mere dead horse. He says, you've been, a, you've been beating this a mere thing like a dead horse. Like he's still, I feel like he, he puts the extra effort in. Maybe just because you pointed it out and now I'm looking at it too closely, but I feel like he's going out of his way to work this idiom wow. into his sentence. I have the exact opposite impression that, it feels very casual and effortless to me. And I just feel like a native speaker would say you've been beating this dead horse. Like wouldn't wouldn't say like a dead horse. Uh, I disagree. Yeah, that sounds weird to me. The thing he says seems way more natural than the thing you said. I'm with Jeremy on this. No, you say beating a dead horse. I'm beating a dead horse. You don't say beating it like a dead horse. Nobody says that. I do. Yeah, you yeah, no, you do say you you either say you're beating a dead horse or you say you're treating that thing like you're beating a dead horse. No, you just say you're beating a dead horse or it's beating a dead horse. No, you don't. No, no. Ah, ah, I'm in crazy village. I'm in a crazy world, an upside down Berenstain Bears world. I hate to to tell you this, Nick, but it's two against one. That's right. Ah, ah. (laughs) And as we were talking about off the air about how good we all are at math and how much we love math, uh, the math there is irrefutable. (laughs) yes two is larger than one or so i've been led to believe as often occurs when we return to the narrative we don't have a ton to analyze just yet because we're ramping up i have nothing else to speak of on this page i am also out of notes do we have a letter we do have a letter the title of this letter is got a letter for you your eyes only and it's from a writer named natalia lackless but we know better this is from rj friend and occasional guest on the show rj writes darling pagers I really enjoyed the discussion of Denna's letter to Quoth on pages 314 to 315. The Temerant letter delivery system seems to be a step down from the trusty Skyrim courier system. We can assume being a courier is a profession of sorts in Skyrim, but in Temerant, as you discussed, it really seems like travelers, sailors, and tinkers are the most trusty method of getting a letter from here to there. I assume higher-ups like Alvaron would have a more sophisticated way of getting letters around. I also agree with Jeremy's point that if Quoth didn't write Denna back, it's possibly because he doesn't know where to send the letter. Though I suppose he could have researched the symbol on the letter's seal to figure out whom she was staying with, if he hadn't cracked the seal like one of Nick's pots, that is. I assume this is part of why Denna doesn't ask him any questions. She included no return address and thus expects no letter back, in part because she isn't sure how long she will stay. I recall two instances of Quoth writing to her in Wise Man's Fear, so we know he does send letters. It's interesting to note that Denna mentions at least twice that she's sent him letters he has never gotten. Thank you for the daily dose of laughs and eye rolls. May all your stories be glad ones and your roads be smooth and short. Signed, RJ, ghostwriting for Natalia Lackless. I just want to jump in and crack pot a little here. Uh, If she sent letters he's never received, they might have gotten lost along the way, or maybe someone's intercepting them. Okay, I'm done. Good crackpot, Nick. Uh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Short and sweet. We all know where that was going. I'm I'm busting <laughs> out a little a little like biscuit from the biscuit tin to feed to you like you're a parrot. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that we didn't analyze the the symbol on the seal. Uh, I don't recall it being familiar, but that seems like it's ripe for analysis. 
Jordana brought up something about the harp, right? It was like a harp and a. I asked you what was uh, what was on the seal because I wanted to draw it. Although I don't think we really analyzed it. Uh, but it was certainly wasn't familiar. We don't get a lot of information about like heraldry in this book. Is it Vint that's the most knightly tradition, the most courtly tradition, where the the mayor is? You're asking the wrong guy. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm sorry. When I think of heraldry and fantasy, it's RJ. It's Game of Thrones <laughs> that I go to. Yes, Lion Rampant and so on. I remember when those books came out, that was one of the things that kind of blew my mind. I was like, oh yeah, I don't think I've ever read like a fantasy novel that takes heraldry this seriously. It makes sure you know every, like the heraldic symbols of every house and all their bannermen and does the like, you know, this guy, all these phrases have to keep each other straight. So this guy's got like the tower is quartered with the lions because he married a Lannister or whatever. I can't help but wonder if that's a tactic to help you keep the characters straight. Like if you're not sure who belongs where, you can at least look at their colors and their symbol and be like, all right, these guys are bad guys. Well, I'm sure that the heraldry in real life was there to help you keep track of who did what. Exactly. It's brilliant. (laughs) That's a brilliant form follows function because yeah, the full point of heraldry was that so on the battlefield, you knew who not to hit. Although in real life, it's way more complicated. I briefly attempted to get into real world heraldry and was immediately stymied because Game of Thrones makes it seem fun and accessible and brother, no, it ain't. It's, it's way goofier <laughs> and weirder, but that's just true of most things in fantasy fiction versus their like real world equivalents. I think just because the real world is complicated and messy and like lived in, you know, nothing is ever smooth or, or simple or straightforward. That would be too Jordana, easy. do the couriers in Skyrim say, got a letter for you, your eyes only? Yeah. Why? Oh, just you're the resident Skyrim expert, so. <laughs> I love it. I I have played all of five minutes of that game myself, but I am the expert. Yeah, because I've played zero <laughs> minutes. Well, I'm sure you've been exposed to many thousands of hours because your it's husband true. plays I've, Skyrim I've been, constantly. I've been sitting here watching Jeff play it for years. <laughs> has Jeff not 100%ed it yet? Like, surely no. Jeff has well, done everything so you can possibly do in that game. <laughs> he downloaded it onto the PS4 when we got it. So, like, he had it... Yeah, I bought him a PS3 in 2011. He got Skyrim pretty much right away. And it's been like his game that he plays most of the time ever since then. And when we got the PS4, he downloaded a new version for the PS4 and discovered mods. And that's just opened up a whole new world of Skyrim for him. Yeah, I was going to say, I definitely know one other person who plays Skyrim. It's like their, their soothing like comfort game. But they play it with all yeah. these. Well, he actually found something new a couple of weeks ago that he that in all of the years he played Skyrim, he had never found this like one spot. And he's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And like had like a little exciting moment. He's like, I've never seen this before. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like that would bore me to tears. I think playing just like one game for like 10 years. Wouldn't you just know everything? But I guess that's a turn I mean, I guess, it, I guess it depends on the game. I don't know. I mean, we can both quote parts of the game and it's bad (laughs) that sounds good to me i mean it it's funny that we can quote it but it's also like damn we have like between the two of us have spent too much time the real question is how many times have you bought it one and a half he didn't pay for it in full the second time Oh, that's <laughs> it, it was on sale. That's why he got it. It was on sale on uh, the like this the, that online PS4 store that I never go on. 
PS Store. It's probably called the okay. PS Store. That makes perfect sense. I've definitely bought some games like four or five times. I've probably bought Final Fantasy X like at least. Yeah, four I've times. definitely bought like Starcraft Brood War like two or three times. We almost bought Final Fantasy XII twice, but then someone turns out they had bought the new version, and so they gave it to us. <laughs> That's the closest we've ever gotten to buying game cards. Well, this has been edifying. Yeah, listeners, content. you could tell us what games listeners, you bought twice. Thank you for <laughs> on tomorrow's page. Um, <laughs> the Wind. Wind.